Very warm greetings to all in the blessed name of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Before we go further, let us all turn to God in prayer. Eternal God, our gracious, loving Heavenly Father, we bow before you, giving you thanks for journey mercies to thy house and for this wonderful privilege to be found in the house of prayer. And Lord, we come once again, Lord, pleading that you cleanse us and wash us thoroughly of all our sins and that you be merciful to send your Holy Spirit, Lord, to teach us, to convict us, to move our hearts, O Lord, that we may truly understand what is poor in spirit and, Lord, the benefits, the spiritual benefits of that. And Father, we do ask that with understanding, Lord, both young and old alike would truly live lives according to your word. For truly, it is the most blessed state for men. So now, Lord, we pray that you remove every distraction, every wandering thought, and Lord, bring our hearts and our minds to the focus of thy word. We ask for um, your word to have success in every heart. We ask and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So, remember what is blessed. Blessed, now every um, aspect of this beatitude starts with blessed. Blessed is God's favorable thoughts and responses towards you. All right, God's favorable thoughts, and He will respond favorably towards you. Now, and what is this? Poor in spirit. This poor refers to, well, the word is the same word that was used of Lazarus, a beggar, right? Beggarly, beggarly. And this is not just, well, I, I think I am, um, I'm quite poor. No, this, this word speaks of someone who is totally devoid, you know, helpless, devoid of possessions, have nothing, and is totally at the mercy of another. All right, so this beggarly is not just, well, I lack something, but it is, I have nothing, I have nothing. So we must understand um, these words clearly. But now God says that, um, for this is the kingdom of heaven. Now, when God, when God says, when God, God says when we are in that state where we realize we are truly beggars, beggars, then we are blessed. Blessed we thought, the kingdom of heaven. Now, last week we studied what is one of these blessedness. It refers, um, the kingdom of God has, has a few aspects, all right? Well, we have the presence of God, we have the provision of God, we have the protection of God, and we have the privileges of God. These are heavenly things, things pertain to the heavenly kingdom. Now, the, so then we studied about the knowledge of God, the kingdom of heaven consists of knowing God, that is what God is, where God is, heaven, right? And it is about man's um, knowledge of him. And the kingdom of heaven refers to spiritual knowledge, okay, spiritual knowledge. So we studied that when, when a Christian is truly aware of his bankruptcy in knowing God, how little we know God, no matter how much we study, how long we've been studying the Word of God, how long we've been Christian, we are still bankrupt. That is why God says, blessed are. It is a present continuous state. It is not when we grow up, when we grow older, or even when we do a lot, a lot of FEBC courses and graduate from it. Even in that state, the Christian must know that we are genuinely 
like Lazarus. Lazarus was poor, beggarly in physical things. For us, spiritual things. So God says when we are in that state, we are blessed. Do you remember why? It is only when the Christian have this conscious sense constantly to the last day he, he lives on earth, constantly, that he is so weak in his knowledge of the Word of God. And the more he studies, when he is like that, the more he studies, number one, he realizes that he knows even less. The more he studies, the more he feels, I need to know so much more. I know so little. Now, we always know little knowledge is dangerous. People with little knowledge often think that they know so much. This is the opposite. And it means also that the blessedness comes in the form of what? Well, if you're like that, you will always be hungry for the Word of God. You cling on to every single word. You don't feel jaded, tired, sick of listening to things. A beggar never gets tired of getting charity, never gets tired of every privilege of receiving something. Whether it's the same thing again, there's always this blessedness when someone is hungry and feels that he knows so little. The third blessedness is the person will see a lot more, know a lot more. You may hear the same thing as someone else. And the same thing may be a repeat of something. There's only 66 books in the Bible. Maybe a repeat. But yet you are going to gain more than others because you listen intently. You, you meditate. You literally chew on every detail. That is why you will learn more. People who often feel, I know, I've heard this, know that, um, they just don't listen anymore, not hungry. All right, there are only 66 books. Um, you, there's only the same thing. It is the same things, the same spiritual lessons. But the nuances, the little um, aspects, you will get it if you're hungry. You know, a beggar tastes food very differently. The rich person eats a chicken wing and just like, oh, chicken wing. A beggar, when he, when he bites into the chicken wing, all he severs and he realizes all the flavor. The rich man is eating the same the, the chicken wing from the same pot, cooked by the same cook. Why does the beggar, can, why does the beggar um, taste every single nuance and flavor? Because he is beggarly, he's hungry, he, he, is, he is hungry for it, right? All right, so these are some of the um, blessedness, blessedness. It is a very blessed state to be in that. So that is the kingdom of heaven, one aspect now, in fact, for this first one, we are going to study longer than others because others is, is just one aspect. But the kingdom of heaven is very wide. God says the kingdom of heaven is yours. So we have studied the kingdom of heaven regarding, well, the knowledge of God, the knowledge of His will, His ways, right? A person who feels that coming once a week, worship service, that's good enough. I don't need to um, study any more than that well, misses out on this blessedness, misses out on this blessedness. And that is not what, how the Christian should live, all right? So I hope that we remember all this. Now, tonight we move to the second aspect of the kingdom of heaven. This is yours. What is it? Now, the kingdom of heaven is about purity, holiness, godliness, right? God says, be holy for I am holy. So God dwells in heaven, um, Heaven is always a reflection of purity, godliness, holiness. Now, this is also ours. These are things pertaining to the kingdom of heaven. 
holiness, a holy walk. Now, I want us to turn to Revelations, Revelations chapter 3. Revelations chapter 3. Revelations chapter 3. Now let us read from verses 14, all right, 14 to 18. 14. All right, 14 to 17 first, 14 to 17. Now reading. And unto the angel of the church of Laodicea, write, These things, says the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou art cold or hot. So then, because thou art lukewarm, and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods, and have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched, and miserable, and poor, and blind, and naked. Now here, you notice, um, it, God says in verse 14, I write unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans, right? Write to them, Laodiceans. Now, the church which is made up of people, the Laodiceans, right? Um, made up of people. God spoke to them. And he says, the problem with them, in fact, a problem that makes God puke, makes God vomit, because he says, I will spew you out of my mouth. Distasteful. Distasteful to God. What is it? This lukewarmness. Lukewarmness. Now, neither hot or cold. God is not asking us to be, um, um, not to be cold. Right? People often misunderstand this. You're neither hot or cold, nor cold. Both hot water and cold water has usefulness. But the lukewarm water um, in the area has not much use to refresh souls or to keep souls warm. So God says, useless, useless. Now, what is this that caused them to be so? Look at verse 17. Because thou sayest, I am rich and increased in goods and have need of nothing. You see, this is not poverty. They do not realize or were conscious of their poverty. Now, when God says, Blessed are the poor in spirit. God desires the Christian to be poor in spirit throughout your life. God has to let us know our, we are truly so far, so far away from what we should be. We have to realize that. Well, now these people just feel that, well, um, they feel that we are doing okay. That is the spirit. We are doing fine. We are not that bad. Now, that is the spirit. Now look here. And then God says, and knowest not. Knowest not. Knowest present tense again. All the while, you, you are actually poor. Now the fact that this church actually would feel that they're doing quite well, well, both financially and, and spiritually, 
must be that they were not really very uh, wicked or backslided in their own mind. Means, well, maybe they are rich in their works, doing, doing works like um, the earlier church. And maybe they are, um, and they think that, well, we are not lacking in anything financially, so, well, we must be doing all right. God must be blessing us. Um, and we are not like other um, unsound churches. Uh, we are not like um, compromising Christians. Now, the fact that God says, you do not know that you are blind must awaken us that we, we must realize very often we are blind to the fact that we are so poor when it comes to spirituality, so poor, so, so far from what we should be. We come to church. Maybe you even feel as, a, as an individual, well, you're doing all right spiritually. Why? Because you're always in church, right? You come for prayer meetings, you come for Bible studies, well, worship, of course, you even serve, and um, you take FEBC courses. Right? I'm not that bad. Now, the fact that God says, blessed are the poor in spirit, this is something for the Christian to constantly realize. means even if you're doing all those things, we must not be blind to our actual state. Now, of course, if you're backslided, you are, you are in terrible state, worse than poor in spirit. So, the Christian must not think um, just because these things are present and that was their problem, then we are fine. God says, no, the Christian, the blessed Christian is the one who is consciously, constantly consciously aware. I am so far from the standard of God. No matter how much I do, it's just bare minimum and it's not even enough to get me to what I should be spiritually in purity, in holiness, in godliness. So God says they thought that they were holy, godly, doing well. But God, look at verse 17. God continues, continue, and say, Knowest not that thou art wretched. You see, this church is outwardly in a good state. If you were there and there and then among them, you would also feel we are quite good. The fact that they felt that way, things seem to be good maybe more spiritual, so to speak, than others, but they are far off. So God says, you are wretched, wretched. When we do not realize that we are so lacking, whatever state we are, it's a wretched thing. Now, wretched is opposite to blessed. Please know that. When you and I do not have this humility of poverty of spirit, I'm so devoid of spirituality, Godliness, yes, I'm doing all this, doing all this. Those are just bare minimum. I need so much more. So much more in my personal work. So much more in my family life. Yes, I'm doing family worship. Don't think that, I must not think that I'm better than other Christians and better than other families. And if you're not, yes, you're really, really in very bad state. But if you are doing all that and you think that is good enough and things are well, God says, it's not a blessed state. It is a wretched state. Wretched state. Why? Why wretched? Well, we see afterwards why it is, it is blessed to be opposite. Now, and look at verse 17. And miserable. Oh, all the opposite words of blessedness. Miserable. They were feeling good. They were feeling quite well about themselves. But in the eyes of God, they were miserable. 
And now God uses the word and poor, the same word for poor in spirit. All right? When a Christian thinks, I am not wretched, I am not miserable, I'm doing quite well. You know, and you may be indeed doing a lot of things that other Christians don't do. But this is not about comparison with other Christians. It's about what a Christian would, should be if he were in heaven. That is why God says, if you're poor in spirit, well, yours is the kingdom of heaven. You will be like someone living in heaven, someone who have that kind of godliness and holiness. But see, you, we must not compare with others. We must compare with the state that we ought to be if we were in heaven. Now, if we don't, we will not think that we are poor. But in reality, we are poor. God wants us to realize that we are poor. Same word here, but here, well, their, their, their possessions, their uh, um, good environment, and so on. But that is poverty when in that environment, in your spiritual walk, I am walking this way with God. But unless we constantly still realize we are poor, we are poor in holiness, in godliness, in spirituality, we are wretched, miserable, and poor, and blind, and naked, blind. We still don't see what we should be in reality. All right, so I hope that this helps us realize, dear hearers, um, we need, we need to know how the most spiritual person in the church still needs to know. God says, blessed are the poor in spirit, meaning to say that it's no one, no one who should feel that I have reached the standard. Even the Apostle Paul, all right, who is so much holier, godlier than even his peers, people at that time, definitely compared to us, he is far away above us. But yet he says, I press towards the mark of the high calling. Do you remember what that means from Philippians? The mark of the high calling is perfection means my state that I should be in heaven perfection sinlessness and Paul said I press towards that mark because he feels that I'm so far away from it and that is my goal in life why because he realizes that he is poor when it comes to holiness godliness spirituality he is nothing compared to what he should be the mark of the high calling and remember I said just because sinless perfection is not possible on earth does not mean that we do not press towards it. That is the mark that we press towards, as close as possible to that state. A Christian who doesn't realize that will feel, I am quite all right. I am doing, in fact, quite well compared to other Christians. And God says this is a wretched, miserable, poor, and blind, and naked state. Exposed. Shameful, shameful. So now, when we begin to realize all this, we must begin to say, well, Lord, when it comes to pleasing you, when it comes to doing what you expect me to do, I am truly like a beggar, so far from possessing anything that pleases you in the way I live, in the way I, in what I do, so far from it. Now, that is the blessed state. That is the blessed state. Now, when the Christian 
And I don't know whether you remember the definition of, um, of this poverty in spirit when it comes to spiritual things. Now, one of the things we learned was what is this picture of a Christian who is poor in spirit when it comes to spirituality, purity, godliness, holiness, pleasing God, loving God? What is this image like? What is this picture like? Well, he always had this consciousness that his sins, his sins are so great and so many. No matter how he tries to live a holy life, and he is walking a holy life, yet he will always still feel, my sins are so many and so great. He is conscious that no matter how holy he walks on earth, his holiness is nothing. It's nothing. All right? It's like a beggar, a beggar who has maybe one piece of um, dried old moldy meat that he has, he holds this in his hand. He don't look at it and say, wow, you know, I've got something, something great. I possess something. No, he knows that this, this, even this is what I have is unclean, is dirty, but this is all I have. That is the picture of this kind of beggarly attitude. He keeps feeling that there is so much sin, yet so much. And he feels that his strength is so weak. Even though he's walking close to God in the eyes of many people, but this Christian will know, I am a beggar when it comes to strength against my corruptions. I fall so easily. I am so sinful and unclean in my thoughts. There must be so many things that I should not have thought about, should not have said. I am truly so devoid of things that pleases God. And he also realizes that he's so weak in his resolutions. I try, I try, but I know that every time I try, so often, it's more often that I fail than I succeed. I am so, um, so miserable before God. I'm such a miserable Christian before God. Now you read the biographies, autobiographies of many of these um, great men of the past. You read their lives. They are so, they walk in our own um, estimation, so close to God, so holy, so godly, but they are constantly aware of their unholiness, ungodliness, constantly conscious of that. Now this is what it means to be poor in spirit. I'm weak. I'm without strength against my, my, my sins. I fall so often. Um, and my sins, they are great and so many. Always feeling that it's not enough. It's not enough. Do you have that feeling? Consciousness? Or do you go through the day often feeling, I, I think this is a good day. I'm quite holy today. Now, I'm not saying that we, we, um, we go into depression and all that. All right, We said that. But this is a, at the same time, while you rejoice, there is always this consciousness. You know, recently I had to um, clear a sink choke in my house, right? Clear a sink, a choked up sink in my house, right? So, well, we, we remove the pipe and then clean it up. Actually, it wasn't very dirty, right? But clean it up anyway. And then we thought, all right, all is fine, right? We poured Dreno in it and all that. Then we waited and cleared. Then it looked fine, you know. So well, we started using, but soon, actually, it wasn't cleared. We realized that, all right? There was some problem still there. 
And eventually, we well, thought, well, we continue to, to do what we need to do. We prayed and asked God for help and continued to do. Um, thinking that, well, you know, every pummel that comes out is a few hundred dollars. Let's try and do something first. Now, then it got worse. It got worse. I don't know why it got worse, actually, uh, physically. Um, so we had to call a plumber in, right? When the plumber came and then he, he walked me around the house, and I realized, well, one part was overflowing outside my house. Lots of filthy gunk, all right? Lots of filthy things foaming are coming out of the, of the, somewhere outside the house. Now, this was my thought about blessed are the poor in spirit. We thought that we did, we did well. We thought that we did what we should do and feel quite good about it. But there's always something deeper, always something that we don't see, always something there that is still filthy, unclean, and it's a problem. On the surface, you do everything that you need to do, which is correct, but realize there's always these things underneath that you don't see, and you're conscious of it. Well, we will continue to, we've always used sink, um, sink strainers, pour hot water, and, and always very careful to pick up things. You see, we can do all these things outwardly, and we may feel, yes, maybe on the surface is good enough, but we don't realize there is truly so much sin, so much dirt in us. No matter what you do, that is how life is on earth. That is how life is on earth. Imagine if you don't do, it's worse. So that, to me, was a very visual and smell is what? Smell is a very seeing and smelling lesson for myself. So the Christian must, must have this consciousness of, of all this. I am so weak, so, so, so weak. And there's always, always um, um, problems that I don't even realize about. Whether it is in my holiness, my walk with God, there's always some aspect that I have not come to realize. There are, there's always some um, areas in my walk that I'm not conscious of. Now, when we walk like that, God says, you will be blessed with purity. The things of heaven, you will blessed with something in heaven, and that is holiness. Now, you ask how, right? You ask how. How is it that it will be, we will be blessed with the kingdom of heaven? Well, the first and foremost thing is, now because it's only when you're conscious of something, instead of thinking all is fine, it is only then that you will keep, you will keep um, troubleshooting. You will keep looking deeper. You will keep be, being um, more thinking. What about this? What about that? Have I done this? Have I done that? Do you understand why God says when you're poor in spirit in this aspect? You are blessed because you will be so careful to, to examine every part of your life. Never contented. This is one area that Christian life you should, you should be discontented with. Like Paul, always pressing, always pressing. He reaches one part, he press further. So do you see why God says a Christian who is like that? He will keep growing. He will keep growing spiritually. Students that know that, students who think that they are quite clever, students who think that they, are, um, they, they know a lot already. Uh, typically, in time, sooner or later, 
um, you will find that the students who always feel that I'm so stupid, you know, I'm so lacking in knowledge. They gobble up, gobble, up, gobble up everything when it comes to studying. And they're always finding, I think I need to do better in this thing, I need to do better in that. Sportsman, anything, any area in life is the same. So when it comes to the spiritual realm, we must realize it is similar until we are conscious, constantly conscious we are really lacking. And here God warns, you are actually truly poor if you think you are all right. <clears throat> so that is one of the <clears throat> um, blessings, always, always feeling that you can do better. You need to do better. Now then, the second blessing is this. Um, you will receive, you will receive feedback. You will receive feedback gladly. You know a beggar, a beggar, is very happy to receive anything. A beggar, a beggarly spirit is one who says, well, whatever you give, if it is useful to me, I take. Right? You see beggars, they hoard a lot of things. They, something you give me, I'll take. They, are, they, are, they want it. We stop growing when we think that we are fine, so imagine, you come to church all the time, you serve, you take FABC course, and then another Christian walks up to you, you know, brother or sister, I think, you know, spiritually, you, there's much for you to do in this area. Most of us will, will well up in anger, right? What are you trying to say? You know, my, my Christian work compared to other people, my family compared to other families, that is typically... The response, hence God says, be poor in spirit. When we are poor in spirit, we will listen. All right, let me see this area. Yes, it's true. This part, mm, yes, every part, even if I'm doing it already, I get criticism. Yes, this part, I'm sure I can do better. That is how it is. Now, it's the same in, 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 um, in service. There are, there are those that, that serve. Now, they're already doing quite well, and when you give them feedback, Sometimes I worry, you know, they're doing quite well and I give them some feedback because I just want them to be better and better for the Lord, right? Not for me, not for the church. They're doing well. Help them to do better. Sometimes when I give them feedback, I'm, I'm concerned whether they, they will retaliate and they get, wow, you know, I'm really doing so much and doing um, so well. Everything went well. Why, why do you have something negative to say? But I'm thankful that many, they are, they are like poor in spirit. They, they want to know, how else can I do better the next round, the next year? Because they just keep feeling there is always room for improvement when it comes to serving the Lord. There is no pride. Beggars don't have pride. Beggars just sit there, they crouch there, they don't even look up, they put out their hand and whatever is dropped into their hand, they just keep bowing and thank, thanking people. Even if it's something that, that is not very um, uh, delicious, or appetizing, they are just very thankful. So God uses this word to teach us our attitude towards all these things. Do we have that? How do we respond when we get feedback about something, some areas in our life, some areas to, to look at? So blessedness comes when we, when we behave like a beggar and are genuinely feeling that we are beggars. Give me anything. Give me anything. Right? Now, a beggar doesn't 
think like that. Well, you know, um, um, I am. Uh, this doesn't apply to me, right? This applies to everyone else. Now that is pride, the opposite of poverty. I am doing well. Well, other people need all this, but not me, not my family. Um, I'm spiritually doing well. A beggar, a spiritual beggar, doesn't think like that. But he's always desperate, desperate. All right. Now then. The next blessedness that comes is this. Now, what is the kingdom of heaven? Yes, all this, the holiness, the, the godliness, but the kingdom of heaven is, is the presence of God, right? It's the presence of God. Now, we, we read those verses a few times. God says he's close to those that are of a broken heart and a contrite spirit, correct? Someone who is conscious of his sinfulness. This blessedness is the person will cling to God. You know, the more we are poor in spirit, the more we will cling to God. Isn't it a blessed thing? If you're a believer, you'll always feel, it's wonderful if I'm constantly clinging to God. Now, that's the blessedness. Constantly walking in a close um, presence of God. Now, that is why such a person grows spiritually. Because he will fall less. He will fall less. Because he keeps close to God. He's a beg when it comes to his um, spiritual strength, his spiritual um, ability to overcome sin, his, his resolution to, to, to keep away from sin. He knows that those are so beggarly, so weak. While he has it, while he wants to have it, yet they are so weak. So he clings to God. That is a blessed state. A very blessed place to be in life. When a Christian goes through life, goes through the day happy, go lucky, well, just just taking everything in. Well, he will fall easily in thoughts, in words, in deeds. But a Christian who always feels, I fall so easily, I, I am really so weak. He constantly thinks about God. He constantly um, keeps keeps praying to God. He constantly um, recites verses, recites, uh, sings hymns to himself. He constantly does it because he knows that if he don't keep close to God, he will fall for sure. Because he's so conscious he is poor in all in standing, poor in holiness. So when such a Christian who is poor in spirit goes through the day, he hears something, he sees something, he is about to say something. He's about to, um, and, and while he's reading something, a poor in spirit Christian is, because he's so conscious of his, his spiritual weakness, he is so guarded. That is the blessing. Now, I lost track of how many. I come to the, the last few. And I hope these are things that would encourage you to really always have a poor poverty, be poverty, poor in spirit. Now, the other one is this. The most blessed state of a Christian is when, because he, he feels he is so poor in spirit, so, so devoid in holiness, godliness, and, and, and um, um, pleasing God, now then in that state, he no longer sees the commandments of God as something that is restrictive. It's a very blessed state. Because this person is so hungry 
for, for walking close to God, so hungry to be holy, so hungry to be spiritual, and keeps feeling that I am so devoid of that, then anything that can help me, that can feed me, that can strengthen me, so that I'm not so poor in my spirituality, in my holiness, in my godliness. Oh, you mean keeping the whole Sabbath day holy unto the Lord is something that I should do? It's no more restrictive. I'm so glad I learned about it because I am so, so low in holiness. If this helped me to please God more, if this is what God tells me, it is not restrictive. I'm so glad. I wish I knew about this earlier. You see the difference? It's like a student who wants to do well. He's so happy at every correction, every tuition, every, every um, help he receives. Why do some of us find that obedience, see obedience as something that is restrictive and, and um, evil? Right? Young ones, teens, preteens, when your parents um, help you, teach you spiritual things and correct you, instead of being resistant and angry. Now, if you're poor in spirit, you say, oh, thank you for telling me that. I want to do better. Now I go write this down, put it on my, on my, on my table, and I say, I'll keep reminding me of this. Thank you, Daddy and Mommy. Right? That is how it is. You are poor in spirit. Daddy and Mommy, why are always correcting me? I'm not good enough. I'm already so good already, you know? Right? So poor in spirit brings you to a state where any help, any reminder, any commandment is welcome. Is welcome. Now, do you think that is, a, that is a blessed state? This is a very blessed state. This is a state that all of us want to be in. Now, actually, when you're in such a state, you will receive the help of the kingdom of heaven. You will receive the help of God. Any child who goes to the parent with this attitude, Daddy, Mommy, I am so weak. I am so helpless. Can you please help me? You know, when a child comes to you with a bottle and says, um, says to the one who is stronger, can you please help me open this? As an adult, you, you can't, you, you're so pleased. Don't worry, I will help you, right? So it is like that. God says when we, when we are poor in spirit, and God says, now in verse 18, I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in fire, that thou mayest be rich, and white raiment, that thou mayest be clothed, and the shame of thy nakedness do not appear, and anoint thy eyes with eyes of, that thou mayest see. So God says, come to me, come to me. But we will not go because we don't think we are that poor. But when you're poor in spirit, you will find God so keen, so pleased, so close to you, Hence, God says, I am nigh unto them who are of a broken heart and a contrite spirit. I am close to such a one. I'm always ready to help. So when you are someone who, God, I am so weak, I keep falling. God, my resolutions are so weak. God, I'm so unholy, so ungodly. God, please, I am a beggar. Please make me more holy that I may please you. Such attitude pleases the living God. Now then, the last one is this. The blessedness of the kingdom of heaven is 
you will become more pure, more holy, more godly. Why? Now, when you are, when your view of yourself is, I am so unholy, I am so displeasing to God, I am not what I should be, you will lose the appetite for the sins of the world. You will lose the appetite for the world. That is how it will work. Someone who feels that I'm so short of these things, and you know the world is only going to add to your unholiness, the love of the world, even things that are not, may not be sinful, but you know that they are cooling your love for God. Because you, are, you feel you're so devoid and so poor, in holiness, you will say, why would I want to add any more things to my unholiness? Why do I want to add any more temptations to my life? These are things that are, are a problem to me. That is why I'm so poor. You will lose relish for the things of the world. You see, this is how God teaches us. You develop this. You have poor in spirit attitude when it comes to spiritual things, when it comes to your holiness, your godliness, your, your walk with me, your love towards me, when you are like that, you will find that, actually, I don't like the world. In fact, it's all because of the world. It's all because of these things that I, I am poor. I am poor in this area. See, it falls off you. So do you understand some aspects of why God says, the poor in spirit are blessed with heavenly things. This is another aspect, the purity part. We studied the word part, we studied the purity part. Now, God willing, next week when we come back, we studied other aspects of the kingdom of heaven that, that we'll be blessed with. But first we have to ask ourselves, how has our life been in the week past? We sang the hymn, more holiness, give me more sorrows, over Christ's sorrows, over sin. Now, that is something that we must have. Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, Lord, we have to acknowledge that we go through the day, often thinking that, well, all is quite well with us spiritually. Well, we have done this, we have done that, but truly, Lord, way beneath, there are so much sin that we are not even aware of. We are blind, but yet we think. And because of that, we think we are fine. So, Lord, help us to be so conscious that we are so far, so far from the mark of the high calling. And because of that, Lord, we will keep pressing, keep staying close to you, keep begging you, keep pleading with you. We're so hungry for any commandments, anything that would help us to be more holy. And Father, we pray that you meet with us in the place of prayer. Lord, we are truly poor. We have no strength of our own. We can't do anything. We are unable, Lord, to do anything for your kingdom, for our own walk. Lord, unless you hear our cries and answer them in your timing, according to your will. We ask and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.